Welcome into a brisk episode of Name That News. I am your host, Mark Menard, along with my co-host, Zach Clark. And while it's still a little warm down here where I am in New Orleans, I know it's getting a little chilly where he is in Motown. And wherever you are, the weather is starting to change a bit. Even if it's slow going like it is down here in the south, it's probably getting a little chilly up in the north. So how are you today, Zach? Are you keeping warm? Yeah, you got it, Mark. I'm, I got my knit hat on. I got long sleeves on today. It's in the mid-40s, but, uh, you know, it's fall in Michigan. I'm here for it. I'm here in a sleeveless shirt, like I'm Pat McAfee or something. But wherever you are, you're probably about ankle deep in spooky season. We're starting to get the decorations out everywhere. And uh, before you know it, it's going to be like 2024. So just enjoy it as we move through what is now the holiday season all the way through the end of the year. And to help you along, we have another fresh episode of Name That News, like clockwork, every week to help you keep your days straight. So here's how this works if you've never been here before. Zach and I have gone through a week's worth of news, and we have picked our favorite clips. We're going to play them for you with a little bit taken out, and you get to try to guess what in the world they're talking about in these particular clips. So without further ado... Let's roll right into the show. And Zach, you get to lead us off this week. What do you have to start us off? Mark, we're heading west. Let's start with KNX in Los Angeles. Take a listen. The tenant's stay ended in but instead of leaving, she insisted on staying and even is demanding a $100,000 relocation fee. Alrighty, Mark, how long has this woman overstayed her Airbnb rental? Is it A, six months? Is it B, 17 months? Or is it C, two years. And just to be clear, this clip didn't clarify. It is a long-term Airbnb rental, but she's still been here for too long. Six months, that's a good bit. Two years is a lot. But I gotta say, you've done a good job of this as a fake answer, because I'm drawn to the exactness of 17 months. That just seems like a really weird number to throw in there, and you're probably snowing me with it, but I'm just, I'm gonna fall into that trap if it's a trap. I'm gonna go 17 months just because it's such a weird number. Damn it. See, here's the problem. You're correct. You are correct, by the way. It is 17 months. I'll get to that in a second, but here's the thing. Normally on this show, when it comes to the answers, what we do is we let the numbers escalate, and it's almost always the highest one, right? And so I didn't want to do that. But then in making the questions, I didn't realize that A and C are very general, six months, two years, but then B is indeed, you are right, very specific, and that is correct. This woman has not only refused to leave the Airbnb in Los Angeles, but she's suing for $100,000 for relocation fees. And she was able to do this, Mark, by exploiting loopholes during COVID that says you cannot evict people. Gaming the system. Hey, you know what? Loopholes make the world go around, don't they? This same woman, Mark, had just before this done the same thing in like a $3 million house in Oakland. So she's like a professional. This is her thing. Oh. Uh, okay, so they they are dealing with someone they were not ready for at this Airbnb. She had all she had all the answers before they even knew the questions. She is a pro squatter, not a weightlifter, <laughs> but a pro squatter. Yes. Well, from there we're going to take it down south to KRLD in Dallas, and if you're looking for a match, this might be the way to go, but there's a catch. Our app today is called SciMatch. Dating apps are everywhere, but with all of them, you have to put together a profile in order to show your best self to a prospective date. This app only needs your face, a selfie. So why does this new dating app only need a selfie? Is it A, it's a dating app just for psychics? 
B. It's an experimental dating app for scientists. Or C. It matches people using AI. I will give you a hint. It's called Psymatch. So here's the thing, Mark. I don't think it's A. I don't think a psychic would need an app to find somebody. They would know. They would know. They shouldn't need to consult anything. They would consult themselves, put themselves in the right place at the right time in front of the right person, and we would be done with this. So I'm throwing that one out. You know, B and C are relatively similar, but with a big difference. But here's the thing, Mark. We've talked about AI on this show several times. What does it do with your face? Decide if you're ugly enough or, or handsome enough to go in which direction. Look, I'm going to say it's C just because that's the theme, but I'm hoping it's B. In fact, no, I'm hoping it's A. <laughs> I, I'm going to say C, and I'm not happy about it. You know what? You don't have to be happy. You are right. Maybe that'll make you a little happier about it. I don't know. But yes, it uses artificial intelligence to examine your face in your selfie and decide which other faces would be a good match for you. And you know what? This reminds me of something that I saw way back early 2010 when the Saints went to the Super Bowl. There was a lot of coverage about their opponent, the Indianapolis Colts, because Peyton Manning was the darling of the league. But ESPN did a segment called The Golden Mask, and it was about how Peyton Manning was destined to be a better quarterback than Drew Brees because of facial structure. And I didn't understand what they were talking about with this faux science they had going on. So maybe this is what this is using. Maybe it's the golden mask experiment in dating apps. Yeah, Peyton Manning's a good quarterback because he has a huge face. Like, <laughs> is that what this is? Like, I didn't understand it. He's got a five head, and I've never understood why they thought that was a better thing. Well, let's see if we can understand this clip, Mark. It comes to us from where I sit right now, WWJ in Detroit. Check it out. Michigan lawmakers considering a bill to allow winners of multi-state lottery jackpots and the Powerball and Mega Millions games an option to... Alrighty, Mark, and this episode will come out the day after the drawing, but as we record right now, the Powerball jackpot is at $1.55 billion for context. That's with a B, billion. So, Mark, what might newly wealthy people be able to do here in Michigan in the future? Is it A, whatever they want? Is it B, buy their way out of nonviolent minor misdemeanors? Or C, remain anonymous? Three wildly different answers here. Um, I think... When you're talking billions, when you're talking that kind of wealth, I mean, whatever they want is always the default answer, but that seems a little vague. So I'm going to toss that one out with the caveat that, yes, they, they can obviously do whatever they want. Buy their way out of nonviolent minor misdemeanors or remain anonymous. You know, they're always looking for ways to speed up the court system because it's so backed up, and nonviolent misdemeanors are probably going to result in some type of fine anyway. So maybe this is a way that they can just plead guilty right off the bat, pay the fine, be done with it, and not have to go to court. That seems like a logical answer, so I'm just going to roll with it and say B. Well, Mark, this time it was the most simple one. It is C, remain anonymous. I don't know how it is in Louisiana, but in the state of Michigan, if you win Powerball, Mega Millions, or any other kind of lotto over, I think it's $50,000, you are forced to be identified. And a lot of people don't like that. And so there's talk right now with this big jackpot of changing the law here in Michigan so that you may be able to accept a jackpot anonymously, which now you cannot. You know, I, I don't think there's a law like that here in Louisiana. I think you're allowed to re remain anonymous. But I'll tell you what, 
after I win the jackpot, I'll let you know. It's like that meme, you know, uh, I may not say anything, but there will be clues, right? There will be <laughs> clues, especially because what will happen is if one of us wins this, uh, we'll be co-hosting solo next week. That's what that, That'll be your first clue. <laughs> if I win, you'll be co-hosting solo, but I will give you a, a generous cash prize because, you know, we're, we're friends now. We've been co-hosting this show by Zoom from wildly different parts of the country for about eight months. I, I consider you friend enough to break you off a little something if I win that billion dollars. Much appreciated. So I'm rooting for you after me. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's head back up north to WBBM in Chicago with an interesting display at a local museum. The Elmhurst History Museum says its exhibit features an array of artifacts, images, videos, memorabilia, and interactive elements. So, what ancient history artifacts, I'm doing air quotes, are in display in the Windy City? Is it A, outdated media like eight tracks and cassette tapes? B, outdated communications devices like wired telephones? Or C, outdated department store memorabilia, since everybody shops online? So here's something I'm just going to acknowledge off the bat. I'm wildly immature, Mark, but I am aware of how old I am. and and But I'm, sometimes I'm reminded very harshly. Uh, the other day I was talking to my son, who is seven, about a corded telephone. And he was like, what do you mean it was attached to the wall? That doesn't make any sense. And I said, oh, my God. And then the nail in my coffin was when he referred to the 90s <laughs> as the late 1900s. I was appalled. I was offended. I was I was crushed. So here's the problem, Mark, with A and B. I'm too young for eight tracks, but not too young for cassettes. And certainly I've used wired telephones. So these are things from my own lifetime that we're putting in museums. I mean, just put me in it next. I, I don't know. I, yeah, I think, you know, people love like displays and stuff. Like I can see like, you know, we've recreated a Sears from 1987 in this museum. Take a look. I'm going to say C, department store memorabilia. Your gut was correct on this one. It is department store memorabilia. You know, a few years ago, when they did that season of Stranger Things that was basically all set in an 80s mall, they actually built out like a big portion of an 80s mall in Atlanta to shoot the thing. And then they let people in after they were done shooting to like tour it. And it was a big attraction because people don't go to malls anymore and certainly don't have that 80s feel to it. And people were into it. So I guess maybe this will be a popular exhibit in Chicago. But yeah, you can go to a museum in Chicago and you can check out what an actual department store looks like that's not abandoned and overtaken by by plant growth. So, we used to go to the mall and now they're in museums. Yes. Excellent. I don't know how I feel about that. Disturbed. <laughs> so, now we're up to the portion of the show that we call the cliffhanger question of the week. It's a question like the other questions, but we don't give you the answer just yet. We make you come back and download another episode next week so you can find out what this answer is. And until then, it will burrow into your brain like a tick and just make you hunger for more Name That News. That's our hope anyway. So you had last week's cliffhanger question, Zach. Refresh our memory as to what we've been thinking about. That's right, Mark. This story comes to us from Odyssey stations across the country. CBS Radio, take a listen. Police in Northern England say they have arrested a 16-year-old boy for... A little international name that news, Mark. What has this UK teen in hot water? A, he cut down a famous tree. B, he tried to recreate the Boston Tea Party in England. Or C, he seasoned his food. So we talked a little bit about this last week. 
and we went through it. And of the three, I think maybe the most egregious would be cutting down a famous tree because you can't get that back. You can always have another meal that's bland and recalibrate your palate if you really want to. I don't think he threw a bunch of tea in the water because they like their tea in the UK. So I'm going to say he cut down a famous tree. Mark, you are correct. Sycamore Gap is the tree, and it was about 300 years old, so you're right. would take multiple lifetimes to get it back. But, Mark, I think you're going to appreciate this, knowing you the way that I did. This location, this tree, appeared in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves with Kevin Costner in 91. So this is a relevant tree in America as well. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. A, a forgotten blockbuster, I think, at this point. 1991. It gave us the smash ballad, Everything I Do, I Do It For You by Brian Adams. And it also led to one of the best jokes in Mel Brooks's Robin Hood Men in Tights when Carrie Elwes says, unlike other Robin Hoods, I can speak in an English accent. A little shade at Kevin Costner in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves and his Americanized take on Robin of Loxley. So, hey, thank you for bringing that movie back to my the front of my cerebellum. Uh, a little Alan Rickman also never hurts. May he rest in peace. And that brings us to this week's cliffhanger question of the week. And we're going back to Dallas, back to KRLD, and another new app that they're reporting on. They're, they're all about the apps in KRLD and not just the ones at Chili's. So let's talk about this one, a new way to wake up, perhaps. There are different alarm clock apps on the phone. You probably use the iPhone's own clock for your alarm in the morning. But what's the one thing that you probably cannot sleep through when it goes off in the morning? So, we're not going to answer it fully this week, but we can talk about it. How does this new alarm clock app wake you up? Is it A, it talks to you until you turn it off, B, it growls at you like a hungry animal, or C, it emits an ear-piercing siren? I mean, none of these would be pleasant to wake up. You'd think these would be forceful solutions, right? Uh, you know, I, for some people, the talking would just be, I mean, it would be incomprehensible to handle that early in the morning. But to me, like the most effective one would obviously be C, just the world's worst noise <laughs> as loud as possible until you turn it off. I mean, is that ideal? No. Will it work? Absolutely. <laughs> just that, that noise that they make in Dumb and Dumber when they want to annoy that guy, just set that on your phone and it'll, it'll get you out of bed. I promise. Yeah, with the knife and the fork and the, and the empty plate. That's exactly what I was thinking about, <laughs> obviously. So we're not going to answer it this week on the show that we believe is Odyssey's favorite podcast, Name That News. But we will answer it next week, so make sure that you come back and see us again. Special thanks to Brian Fisher, who helps put the show together. Special thanks to you for joining us. If you like what you heard, then please pound that subscribe button, bookmark us on your browser, set a reminder on your calendar, because we're here every single week with another new episode. Name that news.